Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, how are you? This is Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News. I'm so happy that you're here for my next episode. I'm so happy the mics are working, that you came back, that I'm here. You guys are so awesome. All your support is what keeps me going. This is a movement to share good news, and every single week we are growing this movement. But we have an amazing guest who I absolutely adore. She's going to celebrate this podcast milestone with us. My friend and former colleague, Lauren Fritz. Lauren has a huge job at WeWork. She is the head of public affairs for the East. Welcome to the podcast, Lauren. I want to call Thank you Fritz because that's what I always called you in the newsroom. But welcome, Lauren. I know. I'm still getting used to Nina Bradley Clark. <laughs> so I know. You're like, who is that girl? Who is that? I know. It's like, hi, Fritz. How are you? I know we've been trying to connect. You are one busy girl. So tell a little, tell everyone a little bit about WeWork because I love this company so much, but I know it's only eight years old. So maybe some of our listeners are not as familiar with your company. So tell us a little bit about WeWork and tell us also about your big job there. Sure. So I, I actually cannot believe this company is only eight years old. It's crazy. Um, when I had first interviewed for the job, I had no idea really. I had heard like a little bit about it and um, we can go into a little of my past later, but I was looking for just something really different, but also um, fun and exciting because I've had many wild experiences. Um, but Adam and Miguel, the two co-founders started this in 2010 in New York City. Uh, and if you haven't listened to how I built this podcast with Miguel, please go down that, download that. Of course, after you listen to all of Nina's, yes, go up, go and look up the how I built this co- podcast about WeWork with Miguel because the two of them have an incredible story of how they met in an elevator. Actually, they come from two completely different backgrounds. Um, Adam grew up in Israel in a kibbutz, Miguel in the Midwest um, on a commune, actually. So. they're they're different but very very similar and somehow it incredibly works so well together recently Miguel spoke of Adam and said he literally has absolutely no fear and I think that's why this company has grown so quickly is Adam's just ability and drive and Miguel's creativity and thoughtfulness I mean the two of them are like yin and yang and it works perfectly um, and, you know, in the past eight years, we are all over the world in almost every major city. In the U.S. alone, there's 42 cities and as of today, 142 locations. And if you aren't familiar at all with like, I don't know if anyone actually knows what it's pretty obvious we work. So it's a workspace, but it's it's often um, called a co-working space, which sometimes people think is everyone sitting at a table together working. And in fact, that's that's not the case. It's many different companies working in the same building um, and they can have their own actual offices, but it's the idea that different companies coming into one space, whether it's for the affordability or the services or the community that we offer um, is really what drives the business to keep on succeeding. We have everything from like startups, freelancers to mid-market to enterprise companies, which are those larger Fortune 500 companies that you often see that you wouldn't necessarily know are in a WeWork. Um, but 25% of all Fortune 500 companies around the world are in WeWork space. 
So I think that's helping drive this incredible growth. Oh, it is amazing. Well, tell us mm-hmm. a little bit. I know you, 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 have, you have your title, Head of Public Affairs for the oh. East, but what does that mean exactly for anyone so, that's listening, your big job? Thank you. Public affairs is, it really means that we do two different things. We have um, government relations side, because as you know, when you bring in, when you enter a new city um, with an office space or a building, you want to be part of the community and part of the neighborhood. So on the government side, we connect with our local officials, work with the mayors um, and do different partnerships, as well as different strategic things that really envelop us into the community. and it helps us with different licenses and permits. And sometimes it's like the less exciting stuff, but we often make it uh, more fun because it then relates to my other side of the house, which is the PR side. So it's a mix of communications and PR um, with local government uh, work that. as well. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect for you. It's this, this company is really so perfect for you. So let's go back a little bit in your career. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think back. I think it was 2006 that we met. We were both working as producers at the Fox News Channel in New York City. So what was it like for you? You worked in television for a long time like I did. What was it like for you working in television news for so long? I mean, I think you probably saw it on both of our faces every day. I mean, you and I, I think we're always like smiling and running around the newsroom and it can be very stressful, but I loved it. I have so many great memories and it's hard to summarize in a very short with that seven years experience there but I wish I took more notes actually like looking back I wish I took more notes of what happened half those years but right after I graduated college um in Fairfield very close to where you live in Connecticut um, yes in yes. Connecticut um I worked there for seven years I was first an executive assistant and then the year that you're talking about um I was booking guests for the show, the show called Hannity and Combs, which doesn't no longer exist. And um, sadly, we lost Alan just this past year. Um, but I booked guests for Hannity and Combs for a while. And then I helped launch Hannity, which is a show that's on now as a producer. Um, I got to travel as a booker and a producer all around the world. I met tons of different, interesting, incredible people firsthand. Um, met some world leaders, even some that wanted to be world leaders, had a front seat of presidential debates. I mean, the experiences are endless. I think the one thing that I really loved, though, that I didn't realize I did at the time was I loved just being on more of the political side. I know you did more of like the news all the time. And while our show did have like news in it, it wasn't always like the breaking news because um, the breaking news stuff was always so hard. And I think when you yeah, had to that's, a family and that's member, stressful, stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you have to book guests that are a family member or in a devastating, you know, storm or whatever that was, it just was just so gut wrenching for me. So I really liked um, the political stuff because I got got to see both sides of it. I think when I started with Hannity and Combs, I really, you know, I got to write for Alan and then also Sean. So, you know, really diving into the political issues of the day and talking about the stories and showing both sides really just was um, really interesting experience. Yeah. It's um, so fun to think back. Right. What, what do you think was the most fun memory of your time at Fox? I know there's so many, I know it's like hard to sort of pinpoint the most fun memory that you could think of because we had it, so many, but, it, and also some so crazy hard. moments, but what do you think it was is, the most fun? I mean, I think I would just actually, this is what my mom would, my mom would say, whenever you meet anyone, you should always be nice. You'll never know when they surface again. And I was just on the phone this week with a guy that um, used to book Donald Rumsfeld and he came on at the time we had just started Hannity and we had this panel called the great American panel. Unfortunately, I don't know if they still have that, but 
um, we always had this X Factor guest. And at the time, we we're looking at celebrities that would come on and be a part of it. And I happened to call up MC Hammer one day. And he came in. And um, Wait, I mean, you really was, had MC Hammer on? Yes. I oh blind gosh, reached out to him. It was hilarious. Yeah. And I remember hung up. I called my brother and I'm like, MC Hammer just called me back. And he was like, what are you talking about? No, he was probably like, so, wait, that was a prank call. That wasn't really him. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was him. And he came. Um, we're actually still friends on Facebook, which is hilarious. Um, he came to Fox and was just like a huge hit. Like, I mean, I think you remember Fox was like the security at Fox was just so hard to get in. But they were like, Hammer and like let him in, like, like rolled out the red carpet. It was so much fun. And the next day, Donald Rumsfeld came. Um, talk about bring, talk about very different days you had, like, right? It's incredible. But he, so the guy I was talking to was one. He's like, "Do you remember this memory?" He shows up without his ID, and the front desk was like, "Oh gosh, we're gonna have to get someone to come get you. Like, we don't, we can't. We don't know in. who you are." He's like, yeah. "I'm Donald Rumsfeld." Yeah. yeah. He's there, like, no. And I was like, "Oh shoot!" So I went down there, and I I felt so bad. So I was trying to make light of the the situation, and I was like, "I got him. I'll bring him in." So I start telling him, you know, yesterday was a crazy day. We had MC Hammer here and, um, you know, everyone was so excited to see him. Uh, and he's like, MC Hammer? And I'm like, you know, like, too legit, too legit to quit. And Donald Rumsfeld's guy, w- which will go unnamed, but was like, what is happening right now? Like, you Because you were singing to Donald Rumsfeld. To Donald Rumsfeld, yeah. But I think, like, you know, as you know, you don't just bring guests in. You make them feel welcome. Yes, of course. There's always really funny stories behind the scenes of, you know, kind of chatting up these guests. Yes. um, Oh, my gosh. I always said that would have made the best reality show, like, behind the scenes of the green room and just what what would (laughs) What would really go on I back there? I think there's a show there. I I, I do too. It. I do yeah. too. I, I mean, definitely I do. And I also think the there's one room. in the um in the control room behind the scenes in the control oh, room, totally. especially totally. during like a crazy show, you know. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, so do people ever ask you about your time in TV news? And they really all think that it's all glamorous, right? And I mean, I get this all the time, and we know the real deal. I mean, yes, of course, you and I got to meet famous people and travel Mm -hmm. and do all sorts of neat things but it also the real the real real is that it's crazy hours sometimes you don't eat some days are so crazy that you can barely go to the bathroom I mean I just don't know when people talk about how glamorous it is I'm not really sure they totally understand the full picture right I mean I um yeah it was it was 24 7 it was always on and just like worried you know you could be at a wedding and be called in um and that was off that was exciting too I think for a while it was really exciting to me and I but I do think you know it just takes up a lot of your life um and your time and it it, yeah the stress of it all is just a lot I, I was just in there recently I went back to go um visit an old colleague there and I walked in and like saw the cookies and the stuff in the green room. And I'm like, no, don't go near that. Talking about like eating that crap. Yeah. Cause that's day. what we but, used to eat. Yeah. 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 That would be like dinner. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> dinner. Yeah. Now I'm like drinking, like, now I'm drinking, now I'm drinking my green juice. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It's totally different. Now. I know it's so different. Well, so you actually left Fox um, after I did, I left when I had Charlie, but you left because you decided to leave news and go into politics. You were saying how much you loved covering politics, but you left Fox and you went to work for your own governor at the time because you're a Jersey girl. Shout out to our friends in, in New Jersey. 
you actually went to go work for Governor Chris Christie. Tell us about your decision to go work for your governor. I, you know, I loved TV and I loved sharing people's stories. Um, I thought that really made a difference. And I like, I don't know, as a young, I guess I'm, I don't, I'm a millennial kind of, but not really, but I think I really wanted like a purpose in this next life, like after college, do something greater. And so I really kind of like, kind of got disheartened by the cable news, like the, you know, the stories and stuff. Oftentimes you have to kind of go with what's rating. Um, And so when I fell in love with politics, I really felt like that was making a difference. I'm like, okay, this is where I can see myself, you know, doing something. And I, he caught my attention right when he was um, first on the scene. He was, uh, he actually came on Hannity at the time. And um, I met him in the green room. It turns out my aunt and his wife are friends. So um, it was kind of meant to be, I guess. But I really loved what he stood for. And I really thought he was just normal and authentic and, and really just was someone that I could kind of like work hard for, you know, and just see where it went. At the time too, I really honestly talking about like long hours of cable news, I was like, someone told me that government jobs are nine to five and you don't have to like work crazy hours. And, and oh my so, God, I think you got I the mean, wrong information there. Oh, well, I mean, I had no idea <laughs> yeah. what was to come. So, yeah. I mean, Little I was, did you know. Yeah. So like yeah, but I, I do agree he thing. was probably so relatable to you, right? I think that was one of the things that always drew me to him, too, that he was so relatable. He was the guy that you would want to go and talk to and have a beer with, you know? Totally. That's, yeah, 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 I always thought that about him, too. Well, I'll mm-hmm. never forget seeing all of your Facebook and Instagram posts of when you were with Governor Christie after Hurricane Sandy hit, and your beautiful summer beach town of Bayhead, New Jersey was pretty much devastated because of that hurricane. And you were touring around the damage and devastation with Governor Christie. That must have been so difficult personally for you and also so emotional, right? Yeah, I mean, it was and it feels so weird to be because it was a summer home and we're so grateful to, you know, have um, my family and health and how that is. But we were actually in this briefing room a day before the storm hit and this gentleman was in front of us with this map on the huge map of New Jersey up there and was like, okay, well the storm has strengthened. Cause we were kind of like 50, 50 on if it was going to actually like hit big. And he said, and it's headed towards this town directly, actually towards a town called Bayhead. And the governor turned around, looked at me and he was like, go get your stuff. Because at the time I was actually living um, in Bayhead just to kind of have a break from New York. Um, and it was closer to Trenton. So went and grabbed my stuff, but yeah, I was, because I ran his social media accounts and, um, was like behind the scenes on all of his videos and stuff. Uh, I got to go with him, you know, and see it firsthand right after, uh, it hit and it was just devastating. And I think, you know, it really hit him too. And the only way we could summarize at the time we were walking together and he was like, are you okay? Cause it's weird because we're not, you know, it just looks like a bomb was dropped, right? you know, yeah, and it, it just wiped away, like, all these, like, memories you had, but um, it was a challenging time, but, you know, we were, you know, it was also a time that really brought the whole state together, and the country was, you know, behind us as well, so it was a good time and um, to really get everyone and rebuild, and it's it's back and better than ever, but don't 
be telling anyone about my town, Bayhead, because I don't want to. I know, right? I know. We love Bayhead. I know. It's like this cute little, like, unknown secret that I love to keep. I know. And I remember when I first met you, that's how we bonded, because you mentioned Bayhead, and I said, oh, my gosh, I grew up going there to visit my cousins every summer. So I knew Bayhead so well, and I knew the Bayhead Yacht Club, and... Anyway, it's just, um, you know, you guys are Jersey strong. And I think that's what the, what was so inspiring to watch after Hurricane Sandy did hit and you talked about rebuilding. So shout out to everyone in New Jersey. So then after, after you're working for the governor, then you continue to work with Chris Christie because then he decides he's going to run for president of the United States in 2016. So that was a huge, that was a huge shift for you, right? So all of a sudden you're working for a presidential campaign. What was life like for you working on the campaign with uh, Chris Christie as the candidate for president? Um, well, it was, you know, being in a presidential campaign, I sometimes say I, I wouldn't wish it upon my per- worst enemy because it's so much work. But it honestly is just such a privilege to be able to get a front row seat to something that is such an honor, you know, and a privilege if you are able to become president of the United States. Um to be a part of that. And I think, you know, we, I was with him for, you know, four years before that. And I think it just, when you believe in someone and you could see they can make such a difference for the country, it's the only reason why you should do that. There's no reason why you should ever do a presidential campaign for the experience because the experience is a rough one. You have to like fully be in it and believe it. But I was so lucky. I was the digital director, um, the only female digital director in 2016 um, on either side. And so it meant we, you know, did all of his social, but also the emails and the digital side. And it was, you know, it was like a crash course and a lot of that stuff that we hadn't done before. And it was really exciting and really fun. We had a small team because everyone decided to run for president in 2016. Um, so staff was small um, and everyone, you know, took from the same donors, but we had a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of work, but you really only, it's kind of what I say about like Fox too. Like you really only know about it unless you were in that foxhole together. And we have some really, really great memories. I just saw the governor recently and there's some really fun times we had in both Iowa and New Hampshire. Um, But, and it's a bummer, but it looks, you know, and obviously that it didn't turn out our way, but it looks as though there's no way anyone could have stopped the Trump train. So, um, you know, that's something that it, it was like, if we'd, if we'd been anyone else, honestly, because I feel like we could have beat anyone else, um, you know, on merit, but it was just like a, just an off year. Yeah. I don't know what went on there. Yeah. There but. was, a, there were so many candidates, like you said, so too, many. but yeah, just such an experience for you. Right. And basically being, mm-hmm. like you said, a front row, front row seat to that. I mean, that's, you were part of history, so it'll be something that you will remember forever, which is definitely, which is, yeah. So neat. So then after that campaign, I know you took a little bit of a break because I'm sure you were exhausted from mm-hmm. working day in, day out on the presidential run, but then you went to work at WeWork with this big job. And I remember texting with you when you started the job and you asked me if I had ever heard of the company. And I said, hell yes, I've heard of it. That company's amazing. <laughs> so how many, I know you mentioned earlier about how many WeWork locations there are, but w- what is what is sort of the next step? I know you guys are a global company. Are you just planning on continuing to expand? And, you know, I think that you're already the number one holder of real estate in New York City. So what's yes. kind of next for you guys? Um, we're just, I mean, the demand is out there. I think it's almost like you don't even know 
where it's going to stop. Hopefully it doesn't ever stop. I think in, as long as the demand continues to be out there, we'll continue to keep growing. Um, we have acquired some amazing companies. The Flatiron School, which is a coding school here in New York, they are now inside of um, the WeWork family. And I think with that, we'll be able to offer, we are offering our members coding. Um, we've been able to use that too, as far as when I talked about our public affairs side and the government side, is really integrating those Flatiron schools in a lot of the different cities that WeWork is in. Um, so that's been awesome to take these like different companies that we've brought in. Also the company Meetup. Um, I don't know if you've ever used Meetup. But yeah, I've heard of it, this, but I've never used it's, it. Yeah. It's a really cool, I had never heard of it until we acquired it, quite frankly. But a lot of my friends have, have used it um, from mom groups or different groups. We acquired them. They're an amazing platform um, that actually has this, it's called meetup, but you meet up in person, depending on what you want to talk about. And with that platform, we're able to host more of these community things that we've so much pride ourselves on um, in our spaces. So, you know, every time we expand, we're also looking at different things um, to bring in as a service to our members. I think that's what sort of, you know, sets us apart from the other, other competitors out there, the services that we provide, the network that we have, um, you know, it's really just to make a full service experience when you're in our building. Yeah. And it's such a community. I love how collaborative it all is. Now tell mm -hmm. us what, tell us about your motto, because I actually, when I went in to do a beauty counter pop-up at the WeWork location in Times Square, I, um, one of the really great people that was working there gave me a t-shirt with your motto on it. And I said to her, you know, I feel like this motto is something that I would wear. I love this motto. So tell us about your motto and why we all should love this motto and embrace it. So the motto is do what you love, um, which is, you know, it sounds corny at times, but it really resonates to so many people. I think in cities like New York, where it's so expensive and London and, you know, all over, people often have ideas. There's entrepreneurs everywhere. Um, and they're like, where can I go and set up shop for my idea? And I think we offer that affordable space and service in order to do what you love. And I think that's, you know, that really resonates to a lot of different people in our space. We always talk about too, that a lot of people come for, uh, come to WeWork because for a purpose, they want a greater purpose, they want to make an impact in the world. And so a lot of these purpose-driven companies come in and work in the same space and often do something even greater than what they came there to start doing. So because there is this mentality that draws them into our buildings and because they're like-minded in that way that they want to do something greater, um, something bigger, you know, they end up going in and, and coming out with even something different and even more amazing than what they had initially dreamed of. So, yeah. um, and also it's funny, the employees there too. I, I, everyone's I, I happy probably, there. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. So I noticed that crazy. when I was there, yeah. everyone was happy. Is it, maybe it's cause you offer like coffee and beer and <laughs> I know people are king like, pong oh, tables. People are like, what's the fruit water? What's in the fruit water? Is it like everyone's just happy all the time? Everyone's I, it happy. was really the one thing that really set, set it apart for me. Um, when I was interviewing for jobs, I really did, like you said, took my time because I, you know, I commit. I was, I was like, when I go into a company, like I give it all and I'm not in yep. here for like a stop by, I'm in here to commit to it. I wanted to make sure I was like making the right decision. So I went in and I just was blown away with, with the opportunity that the, they afford me. And honestly, like I am able to do what I love there mm -hmm. as well. I mean, yeah. I See, in. it goes back to, to the t-shirt, do what you love, yeah. Lauren. Yeah. I and love I, that. like I, we just recently too, the Biden cancer initiative, it's something I worked on in my time after 
the campaign, um, I've had, uh, like many people, I've had a lot of um, friends and family afflicted by cancer. And it's something that I wanted to incorporate somehow in WeWork. And it just, we are now opening up in three cities, these collaboration hubs where people working in the cancer field, and we looked at our members, and there are several people working in that field, we'll be able to work together and collaborate and hope, hopefully further and speed up research behind cancer. And it's something that's ultimately, as you know, is what the vice president is looking for. So that's something that like wasn't necessarily in my job description or title, but they afford me the ability to really create and do what I love within the my job. Yeah, so I love that. Really and that's great. something you were passionate about. So that's important. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Well, if someone's listening now, Lauren, and they're interested in renting out a space in a WeWork in their local area, how do they even go about finding out about that? So uh, the website is WeWork.com, but you can absolutely, I'm not afraid to give my email. It's uh, lauren.frist, F-R-I-T-T-S, at wework.com. I will happily put you in touch with the right person. Okay. Because you guys are growing like crazy on, all across America and globally too. So on, on a personal note, Lauren, because I started this good news podcast because I was, you know, sort of disenchanted with watching the news and um, just how depressing it sort of felt to me now as a viewer and as a mother. But do you ever miss working in television now or do you ever really miss just TV news in general now looking back? You know, I I kind of got bummed out when I was on the other side at, at the, you know, Trump obviously won with a lot of the message about it being biased and uh, fortunately, um, unfortunately, I've, I saw that as well on the other side, being in politics and being covered by the news. Um, I always felt when I was there, I really tried to be fair at everything. I thought that was like really imprinted upon us. Um, and whether it was like with Hannity and Combs or with Hannity, I really tried to offer a lot of different things at the time. And I, I think now it's just become so negative. And I, I do get really bummed that it's become like this. And, and I think, you know, Twitter doesn't help. And there's a lot of different reporters now. I mean, there's so many more outlets now, Yeah. even within the last like few years. I mean, I've only been out of it for two years and there's just so much more now that I'm like, like, I feel good to be out of it. Um, so I don't, I don't miss it because I like the memories that it was for me when I was in it. Um, and, and, and you're think, still you know, in touch with the people. That's the thing. I think I always think about the people and the good people that we got to work with. And Oh, my gosh. And right, if you go back now, yeah, so the many people. of the same people. And I, you know, truly it is like a family there yeah. for me. So, I, you know, I'm so grateful and I'm still friends with so many of them. And, you know, they've been supportive for me and, you know, in my career. And the governor used to laugh. We used to go into Fox we'd go anywhere else and they'd be like, Chris Christie, Chris Christie. And like, they would have no idea who I was, but we'd walk in Fox and they'd be like, Lauren, you know, like you're here. Yeah. Chris Christie like, was like, oh, wait, what yeah. about me? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I was just like, this is my friend, Chris. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah. Um, do you know the gov? Do you know the gov? Yeah. yeah. So he used to always get a kick out of that. He like loved it. He was yeah. Like, and sometimes when we'd go there for interviews, I'm like, I'm just going to stay back a little bit. And he's like, I know you want to hang out with your people. So, yeah. but I, I do, I, I really love, the people there and it was it, the news around the news too was such a a difficult thing um that happened you know within the company but you know I you always stand by your friends I think that was something the governor if you'll you know when he last when he dropped out of the race he spoke to us um all personally and one of the things he said that really resonated for me was you'll never go wrong if you stick by your friends yeah and I think so true. that's something that I've you know I've 
fiercely fought behind the scenes for a lot of my friends during those terrible news stories. And, yep. and I think what you will about the gov, but like, you know, he is a friend and he's, you know, not as some portray him to be. And I, he's right. Like you just stick by your friends and yeah. you'll never, I know never you'll never wrong. go wrong. Yep. I love yep. that. Good advice, governor. I love that too. So I know Fritz that you love Instagram too. And we're doing a new feature here on the good news podcast, all about our favorite Instagrammers. Since I always say here that the gram is my jam right now. So who is one of your favorite Instagrammers these days? So we can all follow that person. So it's funny because I just I was like, can I say you? But you were like, no. <laughs> no, um, not me, Fritz. You're hilarious. I, Are you, you really that excited about watching Charlie and Blaine play hockey? <laughs> Listen, I'm always like, can you please tell me what is in that coffee so I can get on the latest diet? I mean, are you always sending me over the latest diet or the latest beauty product? Yes, yes. Um, but I, you know, I often find Instagram, uh, we joked about this before, kind of, to be sometimes unrealistic and you kind of make, and it sometimes makes you feel bad about yourself, which is like kind of weird. But I met when I was at Fox, uh, Goldie Hawn, and it was an amazing experience. She oh was my so delightful. She was hilarious. She want, when we went to take a picture together, cause they used to always take pictures with everyone that was in there. I have great memories of the picture. See, back, it always goes back to the green room, Fritz. See? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Goldie and Hawn she, in the green room. And she said to me, oh, no, we have to stand over here. You could never just, she's like, do me a favor and never, ever stand under this fluorescent lights when you're taking a photo. It is not a good look. And it was just a funny thing. So we took this picture together. But I, she started on Instagram. I don't even know when, but I started following her because I love her daughter, Kate Hudson, as well. But she, I just, she is pure joy, pure happiness. Like she and Kate, honestly, I don't even know. I feel like I know them. It's like a crazy. <laughs> well, you have met Goldie and you have a picture of her. But, You're friends. Yeah, but she's so cute. They have like, she is like funny kind of like very mom pictures where they're just like not perfect or she'll accidentally crop like her husband or, you know, Russell. What's his name? Who's yeah. Married to? Kurt Russell. Um, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, like head off. It's like, it's so funny. And she'll often respond to negative comments, which is a funny quip. She's just, it's just, she's so light, real you know? and so and gorgeous. With kids yeah. is just, I love her program with kids about mindfulness and it just, you know, I don't know. I think the two of them are great. And then the other two that I wanted to tell you was the foster sisters. Oh Kara my gosh. Don't you love them? I, I'm so into I them now. Them. Yes. Yeah. And they, so they that fun. now they're like related to Kate Hudson. <laughs> I know. I know. Listen, this is like the deep, and that's the problem though. Instagram, then you go down like a deep dark hole. Yeah. Of yeah. like, oh, I know. And like, why are they really like, who is who? Right. But it's well, fun. so the, okay. So fun. let's just set the, okay. So Sarah and Aaron, their brother. Awesome. Yeah. Their brother yeah. is now the, the father of Kate Hudson's new baby girl. But correct? is it their real brother or is it their stepbrother? Oh yeah. He might be yeah. married like right yeah this is true yeah this is true see we're gonna have to go on like an instagram like scavenger hunt here and figure this (laughs) all out it's like we need a family tree but okay i it's hilarious that we're all in the same (laughs) we go down these rabbit holes and we never come back but i will say i follow kate hudson and now you've inspired me to follow her mother so i'm totally gonna do that so and i also follow follow um kate hudson's brother oliver Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I talk like about giving you giving you like, the, the best giggles of your life, right? He's yep. so funny. So mm-hmm. now we're, we're, we share all of our, see, this is why we do this feature about our favorite Instagrammers <laughs> because we all can now benefit from these. So 
Anyway, well, thank you so much, Lauren, Lauren Fritz, for being my good news VIP guest. This was so much fun, right? Thanks for having me. I love listening. So it was an honor to be on. Are you scared to listen to yourself? <laughs> I won't. I probably will not. Okay. Well, that's all. It's all good. I'll, I tell, took, I'll tell you how great I took you radio, are. I took radio in college and heard myself then. And I was like, nope, never going to go back to that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. You're hilarious. Well, you were <laughs> awesome. You're such a bright star. And I really can't wait to look out for more we work positive vibes growing everywhere. And like you said, it's really all about community. And just remember the motto, you guys do what you love. So thank you to Lauren Fritz and thank you all for listening. I'm so grateful for you all. I know that I would never be here without all of you supporting me and inspiring me to be a kinder, better person every single day. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. Remember, we drop a new episode every single week and you can find me on iTunes. Please be sure to subscribe and rate and review my podcast too and keep writing in with your reviews because I do love connecting with you guys. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community here in the audio space. For now, I am your host, Nina Clark. So happy to be here. You can find me across all social media platforms as Nina B for Bradley and then Clark. We have an E at the end of Clark. Don't forget the E. Please remember, as Lauren and I said, we love Instagram. That is my jam right now. So let's connect there too. Thank you again for listening and let's all keep being awesome. Awesome.